when I move on from an organization, which I have, I've been in Orlando five years and in five years I've moved on to three organizations and I have definitely leveraged my relationships to move up the ranks, I guess, and, and up in salary and that kind of thing. Um, but my customers are the ones who have given good referrals to my next employer who have followed me and have continued to give me business through five years. Welcome to the Orlando Impact Podcast, a podcast dedicated to shining the spotlight on purpose-driven leaders in the Orlando area. If you are looking to sharpen your leadership skills while being inspired by the struggles and stories of triumph of local leaders, this podcast is for you. Hey, Andy Young here with the Life Wealth Group, and I believe that everybody has a dream that drives them forward. Join myself and Hilgart this week and every week as we discuss thoughts and ideas with some of Orlando's top leaders. From business owners to leaders of nonprofits, these discussions can help you make better decisions for how to run your business and live a life that you dream about. Welcome to the show. We're here today with Isabel Olson. And I want to just welcome everybody to this podcast because when you talk about energy, holy cow, you're in for a treat with this. <laughs> uh, so welcome first to the show, Isabel. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really good. I'm excited to be on. I'm excited to connect with you and to connect with your community. Great. So, you know, share a little bit with our, with our listeners that maybe aren't familiar with you at this point as far as, you know, your backstory. Like what brought you to Orlando? How did you grow up? Yeah, so um, I'm originally from New York and I lived a long time in New York. I went back and forth to the Dominican Republic. I did high school and DR. And then my family, I'm married, I've got a couple kids. We uh, moved down to Florida after my parents moved down to Florida. So once we had the second kid, it was kind of like we had to get some extra help. And then um, the economy was just really tough in 2008 when we moved down here. So we both couldn't find jobs. We ended up having to go back to Mass. And then when we tried again five years ago, it was like the perfect timing. My mom convinced us to go house hunting in the Lake Nona area. She actually tricked me into it. We went out for breakfast and she's like, I have a mommy and daughter day planned for us. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> we were here on vacation. And then like in comes a realtor and she's like, I've set up for you to see 12 houses. I just want you to take a look. No commitment. I just want you to take a look. <laughs> so she, uh, she definitely hooked us in because we had been looking for a house and what we could get and the spacing and we always loved Orlando and it was just the right time like God really brought us here Chris I was able to find a job my husband was able to find a job and and we've been able to settle into like a really wonderful lifestyle here so I don't think I'll ever leave O-Town God willing so and that's an awesome community over there in Lake Nona uh, it, just kind of like the common area and over there near Boxy and, and you know just it's a different vibe uh, yeah. in that part of town so we didn't know it, like right when moving into this house, we didn't expect, like we just kind of found the house, we put in a good offer and they accepted. And we had no idea that this was gonna turn into such a cool place for us, right? There's like 40 miles of biking trails, which I, with Corona, I've been biking like 12, 15 miles a day. So I'm getting to know all these biking trails that have been in my backyard. And then in general, like it's just so much growth and so many people. And I think that people who move here are just really excited to be here and excited to get to know people. So we've been able to meet a lot of couples who have kids our ages. It's just, 
it's in, and I think Orlando in general is a really awesome, genuine place, but like Nona being the fact that it's like a newer community and it's a lot of, you know, like young families, we've, we've found a really good home. So if you're young, if you're a family, if you've got kids, this is a great place for sure. So rewind back that you guys found you, you, uh, you were tricked into looking at houses <laughs> and, and you decided to come here uh, and you were trying to look for a job. Uh, obviously, you were looking for a job, but it seems like you found more of a career. Can you share with us what you're what you've been doing and what you're still doing? Yeah, so I had, um, you know, I was always in technology sales. I had done software as a service. That, that was kind of like my background. I've been in sales for 15 years. But here I got into the print world, which was really new for me. Um, I didn't really know that print was a career like I didn't know that that was a path you know like uh, so I started selling copiers and it was really cool because the part about selling copiers if people don't realize is it, it's like everybody needs it it's like the internet right like so everybody when you look around an office and like I'm really funny with the kids like I'll see something on tv and I'm like that's a Rico that's a Xerox baby <laughs> and like the kids can recognize and they're like my mama sells copiers and so uh um you know, they're always in every single office. And one of the really cool things about being in the copier world is that you get to meet so many business people because everybody needs this equipment. And I really liked about the copier world was the fact that I got to meet the small business owner and you get to hear their story, right? So like you get to hear why they started what they started, how this one machine that they're going to, they're going to sign a five-year contract with you. So they have to trust you. And, and, and it was just really amazing. The thing about the copy world is as you move up, you know, and as you do well in sales, you end up having less and less of a connection with the human being because now you're competing for these really big contracts and these really big, you know, million dollar RFPs that colonies are putting out. So you have, now you go from dealing with the individual business owner to dealing with boards and buying committees. And so um, last year I made a transition into the large format space. So now I'm selling like big honking flatbeds and you know, like the kind of stuff that billboards get printed on. And that has reignited this passion for the print world again, because now I'm working with individual print shop owners who have like six to 12 employees. And I get to provide them like this expensive piece of equipment that's literally going to change how they operate and it's going to help improve their revenues. And I get to hear those stories again. So for me, this last year has been amazing because I get to get back to what I originally really loved about this industry. So in Corona, because I know that that's kind of something you mentioned was like, how do we, you know, like with this print world, how do I help them? It's been amazing to me how my print owners have responded to this challenge and the Corona challenge. Um, I'm sorry, kind of like went off for a while there. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, I, so you, you're talking about how these people that have these individual machines kind of came together for making a larger impact in their community. And I know just even here locally, uh, you know, whether it be kids that had uh, this as kind of like a fun project mm -hmm. or people that had this as part of their business, they were printing the face shields I even saw those that were going to like Nemours Children's Hospital and things like that as yeah. far as using their printers so that they could just crank these things out and try to quickly respond. So it's so funny because I think that when we think about print, we don't realize all of the things that go into it, right? So like I know for me, before going into this world, when I thought about print, you just kind of, it's, it's not really something you think about. You, you know, if you get like a print, you might think about like a mailer, 
but you don't realize that these print shops have this manufacturing equipment that they could cut. So a lot of my customers, how we help them financially through the pandemic was giving them ideas and templates like, hey, this is how you can help. But how they helped our community was changing, you know, what they used to print baseball uniforms or they used to print t-shirts and now they're printing PPP, right? Like they're printing all that personal equipment. They're, they're, they're turning their little machines into scrubs and masks and the face shields are cutting all that stuff out and social distancing signage and like the face mask, like the luchador sign that you have, right? Like I have a company out in Tampa who'd never done face masks before and now they're doing all of the masks for sporting events and that not only financially helps them be able to make it through, you know, and it's a small 30 person business who can make it through the pandemic, but it helps us keep each other safe. So I just thought it was really cool that these small business owners could be so nimble to answer a call that they had never, ever done before. And it was awesome to be a part of that for sure. So when you were first getting started in this business, in the copier world, in the print world, what were some of those initial struggles that you had when you were out and trying to, to get business? Drum up business. Yeah, all the same struggles that you always are going to have in sales, right? Like, first of all, it's a weird product. Like, when I first got into the copier world, I kind of felt like I got tricked into it because they were like, so my first interview, I was actually there selling a different product and they were kind of like, you know, have you ever thought about technology sales? And I was like, yeah, that's actually my background. That's what I do. And they're like, well, you know, we sell small business products to the, you know, technology, IT products to the small business world. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. So they tell me all this stuff about how it integrates and whatever, but they never like mention the word copier or printer in the <laughs> interview. And so when I get into the first week of training, like they, they, they roll in this copy and they're talking about how it integrates with the cloud. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And then like by the end of the second day, like we're still talking about the copier. And I was like, that's when it clicked that I was like, I was like, why are they still talking about this? Like, I get it. Yeah. Like whatever this thing integrates, there's an app that integrates to the cloud. Like let's move on to the cloud solution. Like what is behind that to the cloud? And then I was like, Oh, I sell copiers. So, <laughs> so the challenge I think for me personally was like the misconception that perhaps like, I don't know why in my mind that wasn't a real high end product that I wanted to necessarily be associated with first of all. And I think obviously first kind of wrapping your mind around that being a technology and that that is a solution and that that is a need that you're filling was, was a personal challenge. And I think that the second challenge is the thing that all salespeople face, right? Like you have to build a funnel, you have to build a book of business, you have to hit the pavement, you have to be different than the next salesperson, but you don't know what you don't know. You try, I think for a long time, I tried to be like a really business person and like, be super businessy and like be like I'm here for business and I have charts and I have data <laughs> and I have information for you and I think I think um, I know you're good friends with Dale uh, from the Sales Rebellion and when I think he helped me for a long time realize that people ultimately buy from people and that it's 100% okay to be yourself so I think that was a couple years for sure to transition from making numbers by telling people that this is something that they need because I have data to like, let's just have a genuine human connection and let's see if there's something that I can do for you on a human level. And I think that being part of the Boys and Girls Club and being a board member there just helped humanize me so much because you're talking to these kids and you're, man, kids are so humbling, right? Like they're just, they teach you how to be a better part of yourself. So that being able to be married to those parts of myself 
in the business world have been just incredible. It's just like that, that challenge takes a while though, for sure. It took me a couple of years to settle into that. Hey, sorry for the interruption. It's Andy. And I know you're listening to the Orlando Impact Podcast because you want to help maximize your impact in your family, community, and organizations that you care about. I've got something for you. If you want to take this a step further, I want you to head on over to thelifewealthgroup.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter. This is a collection of hand-picked articles along with focus on things that you can be doing to make a difference. We send it every Friday straight to your inbox. Finally, I would like to invite you to our upcoming webinar that will help educate you on making informed decisions for retiring in the new normal. So go to thelifewealthgroup.com to sign up today for our weekend reading and keep informed on how you can continue to make an impact in your community. So we'll, we'll go there. You mentioned with the Boys and Girls Club, and I, I know from your story as far as why that's important to you, but share with our listeners as far as why that passion for the Boys and Girls Club and why you use that as an avenue to make an impact in our community. So the Boys and Girls Club is really special to me because as a kid, when growing up in the Bronx, I was a part of the Boys and Girls Club without realizing that I was a part of a program, right? Like my mom just dropped me off there, I'm sure, because it was cheap and convenient for her. And I liked to be there because it was just like a fun place to be where my friends were at. And I didn't realize as a child that I was getting all of this leadership and mentorship, right? It was happening under my radar. It was just a really fun place for me to be. And so I was there for middle school for the few years, like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And then uh, here as an adult, when I got approached with uh, joining the Boys and Girls Club as a volunteer, I didn't, like they told me like, haha, this was all a trick to get people and kids to better understand their leadership potential through mentorship, through education, and we do it in a fun way so that the kids don't realize that they're getting taught these important valuable lessons. And then I think as an adult, you realize like, you know, when you're a self-made person and you don't come from very much, right? Like I was, I was raised by an illegal immigrant and a single mom. So, you know, you don't come from much. And so when you have this idea like, oh, I pulled myself up from my bootstraps, you don't realize that you really didn't do that. Like someone somewhere had to take an interest in you and love on you enough to let you know that you, your possibilities were endless. And in the Boys and Girls Club, we do that to the poorest kids in our neighborhood. Like the most disadvantaged kids, kids who otherwise will never hear that message. And we have an opportunity to do that here with 35 clubs in Orange County. Like our kids, you know, just to give you like a statistic and an idea. So Pine Hills is my club. They, Pine Hills High School has a 65% graduation rate for Orange County. Wow. Our kids 100% graduated high school last year. 98% of them went on to higher education, military, or, um, you know, or some sort of higher education. As opposed to, to I think I want to say it was 22% that went on to higher education in the system. So it just goes to show you the difference that mentorship and having somebody say to you that you are a leader, you are possible, teaching you the fact that, that you can have a new mindset that will transform your future. 
that's everything. Like that's, that is what breaks the cycle of poverty. It's not giving someone a fish, right? It's teaching someone to fish. And the Boys and Girls Club has been around for 75 years and doing it every single day. So when we have this whole movement, right? This Black Lives Matters movement, like let's think about our minorities and, and as individuals, we wanna know like, how do I help a minority? Join the Boys and Girls Club. Nothing, nothing. There's no program that impacts the, our communities more quickly, more impactfully than the Boys and Girls Club. It's so do something, that's what to do. That's my big ass pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know from being in the clubs myself uh, that when you go in, these kids are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have no idea what they're going home to. You don't have any idea of what they're experiencing, but they come in, they're just smiles. They're having fun, they're enjoying time. It's fantastic that there's opportunities like this. And it's, you know, listen, the giant companies that are in town that help make these clubs happen and help support are fantastic. But it's individuals and their ability to help as far as giving time or resources where they can. That's what lets it still continue. So without the volunteers in there and without the people that are making it happen, you can have any donation in the world. It's not going to make these clubs happen. Well, so that's a really common misconception. So our operating budget works like 85% of our operating budget. The money that we get is from individual donations. So we have what's called the Giving Society. And we ask for people to commit to five years of giving and it's $85 a month. So if you're a young professional and $85 a month, you can skip out pizza or skip out happy hour. $85 is not a huge amount, right? Like it's not insurmountable, but believe it or not, like that $1,000 a year that our young professionals give support 85% of our organization. So it's not, it's not the Disney's and the big corporate sponsors, which we love. Please, please don't stop giving us money. Please give us money. But those small individual donations, the individual human beings like you and me who say, Hey, I want to give this little, little bit is literally what our club operates on. That's, that's our biggest budget. So um, I think people are surprised to know that it's that little bit that makes such a huge difference. And it's so many people we have, I want to say, you'd have to get the numbers for someone else, but we have so thousands, thousands of donors locally that are participating in that way. So Isabel, if, if I'm looking at kind of your experience coming up through the, the ranks, as far as what you've done to be successful here in Orlando uh, to this point, what relationships have been most key to help you out uh, as far as growing? Oh my God, that's, I love that question. Um, You know, to be honest with you, my relationship with God, I think number one, right? Like, uh, I think I've been really um, fortunate to have that spiritual walk. So I think that's number one. And number two, I honestly can't say that there's been a single one person. I think that the number one most important thing that I've learned is that I really love and cherish my customers because ultimately my employers, I love them and they provide me a a salary, but it's my customers that like really provide my business, right? So when I move on from an organization, which I have, I've been in Orlando five years and in five years I've moved on to three organizations. um, And I have definitely leveraged my relationships to move up the ranks, I guess, and and up in salary and that kind of thing. Um, But my customers are the ones who have given good referrals to my next employer who have followed me and have continued to give me business through five years. So I would say that I don't have a single one person or a single couple people. I have some really great friendships. I mentioned Dale. 
Um, I've got some really great uh, business leaders who have been helpful. Um, the Boys and Girls Club leadership there with um, some of my board members have been instrumental in just helping me be a better human. Uh, but it's just like the individual customers who have followed me and trusted me throughout the last five years and wherever I go, like they're happy to continue to give me business. So what has uniquely worked for you and your experience that's helped you? Um, you know, to be honest with you, it's like always hard work, right? Like, so I always have to, every single day, it's been really hard during this pandemic to be motivated. So I do try to like do a to-do list. I still do like an old school list, like the night before I'll do like, okay, what was my, you know, what are the, the top 15 things that I want to accomplish tomorrow? And I make sure I write them down and I just, I work through them. So I don't leave this, this space until I finish those 15 things. And I think the other thing too is like just being genuine, like just taking a genuine interest in people. And that, I think that that can be hard to do, right? Like we're in, you're in sales too, right? Like even though it's finance, it's, I think everyone, we're all in sales. And it's really hard when you have financial pressures and you have quotas and you have all these things and people telling you that you need to produce, produce, produce. It's really hard to remember that ultimately if you take an active interest in people, and you take an active interest in helping them, they're going to take an active interest in you. And so it might not be today and it might not be tomorrow, but when they have a need that you can fill, they're gonna pick up the phone and call you because they're gonna remember that you filled that thing that wasn't necessarily in your wheelhouse or you you know, just checked in on them because you heard that they had a bad day or they had an accident or they were in the hospital and you just wanted to check in and make sure that they were okay. So I think if I could give anyone one advice is, be active, like make sure you have your list and you're completing your activity list. And then second to that, you know, don't worry about the quota and the numbers and closing business as much as you're worrying about people. Worry about the people and how you can help people today and the business will come. So one of the things that I love as far as in what we do is the, the, the relationships that you develop with people. Mm -hmm. uh, even people that may not have come on board with us as families that want to continue that journey when you see them and you know, and you can pick up and you can say, Hey, how are things going? What's, you know, what's going on in your world? Uh, and they're like, wait a second. We, we didn't do business with you. Why are you still? And it's like, because I like you. <laughs> You're a good person. I just want to check in on you. So it's, it's refreshing when you hear that from other people out in the community that it's like, listen, it's the human connection. Number one, Yeah. Like, just take care of each other. Be a good person. You yeah, know, let's be kind. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's be so, humans, right? <laughs> so when we go outside and we're all hot wearing the mask right now, and we're <laughs> listen, everybody's miserable doing that. But you know, <laughs> take care of people, you know, have fun with it, enjoy life. Uh, Isabel, I know that that's kind of like your your mantra with that. That I've never walked into a room with you that you're not smiling and having fun. Uh, yeah, so, for sure. So I love to hear to, that. To keep that up. You know, such an impactful story as far as with the, you know, growing up uh, from in the Bronx, coming up, moving all over to be able to finally settle in Orlando by happenstance and your mom kind of accidentally kind of nudging you along. Yeah, you know, our but, parents know what's better for us, right? Sometimes. Right. Yeah, they'll <laughs> always tell you that at least, right? Yeah, you're never too old for some good advice from mama. <laughs> so if we look forward now and we say, hey, five years from now, we're looking back, we're sitting across the table from each other. Where, what do you want to be doing then uh, as far as to, to feel like you've made progress and that you're moving forward in this walk? 
I love that you say that. So actually the, the hubby and I have a, I, I, if I can stretch it out to 10 years, the hubby and I have sure. a really good um, 10 year goal. I am working really hard, really diligently to get out of debt completely. I'm working really hard to financially get responsible and put some money aside because we want to devote our life to nonprofit work. So um, we kind of have a 10 year plan to get there. Uh, I want to be doing something with kids. I want to be working in like that mission space. And I feel like I'm really praying on God giving me what that mission really looks like. So between now and 10 years, I have to have something really solidified because I hope to like change the world ultimately, like in a really like love kind of way. Right. Like I want to be able to provide one of the things I've learned with the Boys and Girls Club is mission and God and all that stuff is awesome. But if you're not filling the basic needs, if you can't fill a practical need today, people can't focus on the metaphysical. Like how can I think about my metaphysical part without having my practical needs met? So my long-term 10-year goal is hopefully getting that figured out. You know, like how can I fill a practical need in the nonprofit space so that people can meet God and grow spiritually and have a better, more fulfilled life? And what's my role in that? So that's our long-term goal. So hopefully 10 years from now, you'll be interviewing me on whatever my nonprofit is. I love it that, that you guys have a goal together as a couple and how you want to grow. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So where can people keep up with, with your journey, uh, Isabel? So um, right now I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I, uh, you know, Isabel.Olson. Isabel's with a Y, so I'm really easy. I'm the only Isabel Olson in the whole damn world. So if you look up Isabel Olson with a Y, you will only find me. Um, and then I'm actually developing a website called The Print Nerd. Uh, so that should be out. That's been a Corona project. So that should be out hopefully shortly. And the print nerd is going to be just a place where all of my print community can learn um, really new and interesting ways to build revenue and um, fun ways to be able to advertise um, to help their clients, right, build revenue. So watch out for that. And then otherwise, you can find me volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club. And if you want to learn more about how to get involved, reach out to me um, on LinkedIn and I can get you involved. There you go, guys. Until next time. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I hope you found the information here insightful. Both myself and the Life Wealth Group team want to provide you with the very best resources and education to make the best decisions for your financial future. And that's why I want to offer you a complimentary review of your entire financial and retirement plan. There's no cost for this visit. It's simply a chance for you to get an education about your money so that you can make informed decisions for yourself moving forward. We found that many people don't have a full understanding of three basic things. They don't know how much they're paying for fees and commissions. They don't know how much unnecessary risk they're taking with their nest egg, let alone the tax implications of their retirement savings. When we meet, whether it's in person at our office or an online video meeting, to help you understand all of those issues. We want to walk you through a proprietary planning process, the Life Wealth Dream Builder, where we focus on investment planning, risk planning, income planning, healthcare planning, and tax planning. To get started, all you need to do is visit thelifewealthgroup.com. Click schedule a conversation where we will reserve a time to give you a complimentary impact analysis of your financial dreams. listening to the Orlando Impact Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcast. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach. 
you found this information helpful, you can also share the episode. Thanks again for taking the time to listen, and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Orlando Impact Podcast. Securities offered only by duly registered individuals through Madison Avenue Securities, LLC, MAS, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. MAS and the LifeWealth Group are not affiliated entities. AEWM and the LifeWealth Group are not affiliated entities. The LifeWealth Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. The LifeWealth Group is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute as tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with U.S. government or any governmental agency. Thank you.